Hey there, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Brooks. Join me as I sit down and chat with co-hosts, friends, and carefully curated guests and talk about all the things that empower you to become your best and most confident self. So let's get started. Today we have with us Renee Warren. Renee is an award-winning entrepreneur, speaker, author, and founder of We Wild Women, an agency that helps women-led businesses build confidence and authority and gain industry recognition by landing the media exposure they deserve. She's also the host of the celebrated podcast, Into the Wild, that features curated interviews with women entrepreneurs and provides actionable advice to women who are growing through their own dream business. Renee believes that the best advice comes from someone who has successfully done it before. Her approach to authority building and public relations comes from over 25 years of experience as an entrepreneur in running marketing and PR agencies and in being unapologetic risk-taking. So we've got lots to dive into. So here we go. All right, ladies, today we are back with Renee Warren. And we have some exciting topics to discuss. And ones I think that would be really current and relevant in our season and in our everyday lives, because to be honest, like we're all kind of chasing something. And if we're not mindful of that, it could lead to burnout. And what happens after burnout? That's what we're going to talk about, because we are two seasoned burnouters over here. And we have don't want to say, but we have great experience at that. But we also have a better experience at coming back from that, how to reinvent, how to radically transform our lives and just create the life that we love and step into the woman we're becoming. So welcome, Renee. Thanks for having me. Just a bunch of burnouts over here. <laughs> yes, we're seasoned. It yeah, seasoned. it reminds me of that book or the movie, was it Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or something like that? Is that yep. what it's called? Bill and Ted? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, right on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's from like, the 90s? Yes. Early Just 90s. To state myself. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you were saying before we pressed record how it's the year of RE's for you, reinvention and rest. yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, rest. I love that. And Renee. <laughs> and that's what I said. Yes. And of course, we're fitting this in. You know, it's this, it's the year. It's the year of redemption, restoration, reinvention. I mean, everything that you can think of that is on the rebuild, right? So I think that today's conversation is going to be unique because obviously you're going to share your experiences. You had gone through a radical reinvention when you, you know, were transitioning into motherhood and into building your career, what that looked like. And so we have quite a few things that we're going to talk about, but I'd love for you to share a little bit more with our listeners, kind of who you are and why you're in this space and all the wonderful works that you do. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. And I'll go back to the early years, kind of what I how I got into what I'm doing today. So my current business is called We Wild Women, and I help female entrepreneurs get the media attention they deserve. So you could say it's a PR agency, but we have a very unique approach to how we approach it. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But when I was 17 years old, my mom told me to go get a job because everyone else was working. It's about time that Renee gets a job. And so I just decided to start in a restaurant because I thought that entrepreneurs just got paid a lot and didn't work a lot of hours. Um, I was totally misunderstood. <laughs> so my sister and I, we took over the lease of this restaurant and we ran it for three or four summers in a row and we did well. However, I was working a lot. But 
I really understood entrepreneurship after those. It was in the summertime. So it was a seasonal kind of restaurant. Then I went to school, college, traveled, came back, got my only real corporate job in downtown Toronto for about two years, working uh, for a small business that trained small businesses. And I really loved it. So this is when like blogging became huge with companies. This is when Twitter was really starting to grow. And where I started to leverage the idea of PR was really when social media became a thing that small businesses needed. And so I started to understand how Twitter and other social platforms like Facebook and MySpace could use social to get more awareness for their products. And so bigger companies actually started hiring me to help them with strategy and figure out how they can reach their audience. And then I became, quote, an influencer back in like 2009, where Virgin America, I became like a top 10 social media influencer in Toronto. And I won a ticket anywhere Virgin America flew in North America. And that was fun. And I was like, okay, there's a thing here. And I see big companies trying to like grasp at some idea of how to leverage this new space. That evolved to me understanding content marketing and social media. I eventually started working with startups in San Francisco, bring my laptop, flunk down at a desk and just start figuring out content and social. And that's when I met a woman named Heather. My husband introduced me to her. She was doing PR for funded tech companies kind of out on her own. And then we started collaborating on projects to the point where it's like our work overlaps enough, but like we should really go into business together. So one day I was eight months pregnant and we had been working on projects together and then we're out for lunch. And I said, hey, Heather, do you want to start a company with me? And she's like, well, you're eight months pregnant. And I said, yeah, it's OK. Babies just sleep all the time. No worries. We got that. No, little did I know. So anyways, we launched the company and we incorporated like a month before my son was born or two months before my son was born. And then Max was born my first. And we start this business and we grow this agency. Now we have like four employees and then a bunch of contractors and people coming and going. And it was an 11 months after Max was born that I welcomed my second son, Noah. So in the same year of starting an agency, I had both my babies. And I would not suggest anybody do it that way. It was tough. So at the same time, my husband was going, he just finished having one of his startup acquired and he was going to raise a round for another one. He was traveling a lot, literally on the road for like two weeks at a time. So I had two newborns, a business, clients from all over the world. So when you're, when you're in the thick of something, you never realize how much you're burning out. You don't realize that exhaustion until you really stop. So there was no stopping. I was so afraid to stop because I knew that I'd get that whiplash. And then my health went down. I declined, like I kept getting like reflux and foggy brain and all these things were happening. I remember one day when my youngest, Noah, was probably about four or five months old. Luckily, we got them into a daycare that took younger kids. So I went to drop both boys off at daycare and my office was like a 10, 15 minute drive from the daycare. Dropped them off drove to the office, parked the car. And I was like, oh man, I forgot. Like I thought I forgot something at home, like my lunch or something. And I was looking around like, no, I got everything. I looked in the back seat. I'd forgotten to drop Noah off. I could imagine had I gone up into the office, no daycare would have called, but still, this was just kind of becoming like a daily occurrence. So this was the start of this burnout. And I didn't know it was happening because it was like a really slow trickle. Mm -hmm. So 
anyway, brought him back to daycare and the rest is history. So grew the business and we were crushing it, like getting top publications, working with clients from South Africa to San Diego. I had a team. And so I was starting to delegate, which was the smartest thing I did in my business. But still, there was this pull between running my business, growing my business and being a mother. And that was tough. And then as mothers, we get sort of these backhanded comments about, oh, you're not doing this right, or you should be doing this, or you should be with your kids more. So then I started to feel guilty on top of already being exhausted. And it's like I was doing everything wrong in my mind because I was everything was mediocre. And so finally, after going through due diligence, our company was about to be acquired. My business partner randomly one day decided to leave the company. She also divorced her husband and moved out of town. So it had nothing to do with me. And then all this stuff happened in the business. I finally decided to just shut it down. I said to my husband one day, I can't do this anymore. My health is at risk. I'm looking at all these videos of milestones that my kids, like I'm missing the, the nanny or the babysitter keeps sending me videos of the, my kid's first step, my kid's first crawl, my kid's first this. And look at what cute thing he just said. I was missing all these things with my kids. And I looked at myself and I was like, what is more important? This business, to grow this business to make money, which wasn't necessary because my husband was doing well, or for me to just take a step back and actually have the maternity leave that I needed. And that wasn't easy. And yes, I understand how beautiful of a position I was in that I could do that. However, I built my entire identity around being a successful entrepreneur. And I didn't want to get discredited because I wanted to take time away. Now, you have to understand, the clients we had in my agency were all a bunch of dudes, 25 to 30-year-old white dudes who have these preconceived notions of what it means to be a successful entrepreneur. And it didn't mean taking time away. I didn't want to lose out on this identity and this success that I've built by stepping back from work to be with my kids. And so I had to kind of hide it. I hid it by starting a coaching business. I hid it by keeping busy and looking like I was doing stuff that was meaningful. But in the background, it was still like tearing me up. So I never took that time off. Ever. To this day, I didn't. Now, you're probably thinking, Renee, you burnt out. So why didn't you take a rest? I took more rest days, but not time off. Because here's what happened was when I dipped into coaching, so I went three years coaching female entrepreneurs, I was not aligned with this work. I wanted to get back into PR. I love it. It's crazy. It's a crazy world. It's one of the hardest industries to be in. And I'll tell you why in a minute. I love the work that I did so much that if I could figure out how to do it without some of the crap that comes with running an agency, I would be happy and I would still be more present with my kids. And so it was a year ago, almost to the day, that I was at a Tony Robbins event in Florida. It was Date with Destiny, which is his most intense day, as I'm talking five, six days in a row, 16 hours a day, pump and air conditioning into room, no food. I mean, if you've ever been to a Tony Robbins event, you know, it's like, you, yeah. you describe it, people are like, why did you sign up for this? Because it's life-changing. Um, it is transformational. Yeah. And so finally, it was like, I was getting these downloads from God, source, whatever you guys believe in, was giving these messages like, Renee, this is the thing you got. You got to back into PR. You got to figure it out. And I was like, absolutely. It was like day four or something. And I'm like, I'm going to go back and this is what I want to do. Sure enough, 
go home at the end of the day. It's like two o'clock in the morning after a long day of Tony Robbins. And I checked my email and there was like two people that want to hire me to do PR. And I'm like, that's random. People don't know that I'm doing this again after like a three-year hiatus. So if you're looking at the signs, <laughs> it was there. And then I just decided that's what I'm going to do. And so I'm back into it. So coming back to this radical reinvention is, you know, some people think it's like a complete life change. And for some people, yeah, it has to be. Some people it can be, but it doesn't have to be. Because where it starts is all in your mindset. You can still keep doing the same thing you're doing, but maybe you got to look at it differently. And that's what I did. I got back into the thing that once burnt me out, but now approach it in a totally different way. The biggest success I did was in delegating right away. Hiring yeah. people, delegating right away. So much to unpack, so much to unpack there. And I just want to thank you for sharing that. I'm like taking notes here and just really like hanging on to every last word because what you're sharing is so relatable, even just in my own personal experience as well. But my question is to our listeners, it's like, you know, how many times do we go through just life and feeling the unexpected pressures and demands and, and feeling that our so much of our identity, to your point, Renee, is tied to our, our work and our esteem and, and our achievements and the successes that we hold so tightly to that and we miss out on truly living in the experiences of the life that we are quote unquote working towards and for, but we're not actually present to really be in this life that we built. And yeah. that's where I found myself just straddling these two different lives of like success and, and the life that I that I envisioned that I couldn't actually experience because I was too busy working on the thing, thinking it was still going to get me what I was expecting. So, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, everything that you're sharing is so relatable and I feel for you in, in every, every ounce of that because the the efforts and the work that we pour in truly are pieces in the fabrics woven into our identity. So when we start questioning what we're doing, we're essentially questioning who we are. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the scariest parts to say, you could take away everything in the world, but when you get shaken to the core of your identity of who you are, that's when everything starts to, to crumble. And that was the season I found myself in as of last year. But I, I've been to all the Tony Robbins events and Date with Destiny, I can tell you, has been the, the biggest one and yeah. the best one and the most radical transformation came from that one. So I can only imagine you sitting there just like taking all that, all that in and having those divine downloads. And here you are. You go check your email. And that's exactly where you need exactly. to be. And so well, here's the thing, too, is your identity has nothing to do with what you do but mm -hmm. everything to do with who you are. Exactly. And the, no, like, the reality is that no one's going to question your change of career. I mean, maybe some people will because they're curious or they, there's some people that want to make comments because that's how they feel good about themselves <laughs> to make comments. Yeah. Is No one really cares at the end of the day. No one cares. What they care about is, are you contributing? Are you a kind human being? Are you happy? And then people might be curious about how you did it all. But the other thing, too, is coming back to this Tony Robbins event, is that it wasn't just this one instance that helped me with this radical transformation. There was a whole, there was a whole step. There was like this whole program that I did for myself. And where it started was just in testing things. It's like, what are the things I love to do? I love playing drums. I love going to CrossFit. 
I love reading. I love personal development. And I don't, I don't want to stop doing these things. But where things really kicked off was I did Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. So if you ever heard of this, it's kind of like your daily pages. You have, you're an artist. So whether or not you believe in God, the, the, the idea behind her is God is what you define as your source. Okay. And God's gift to you is that you are an artist. And it is almost like your service to God to discover that artistry and to act on it. And so an artist in the sense of anything you do that lights you up, it doesn't mean painting a picture or, you know, building a house or whatever. It's my art is in the work that I do in PR because I'm really good at writing pitches and I love doing that. And I love setting up the systems for people to be successful in PR. That's my art because I get into flow and the time goes by so fast. Now, you can put me on my drum set and it's the same thing. But if you put me in front of a spreadsheet that has a bunch of numbers for accounting, that's not my art. But for an accountant or a bookkeeper, that is their art. And they love it and they're in it and time goes by so fast. So it's our duty and of service to God to find the artist in us and to express ourselves in that way. And so doing the artist way with Julie Cameron is like your conscious stream of thought every morning, three pages, you write down whatever comes to mind. And what it was really tough. There were some days I would even write. I don't know what to write about today. I can't think of anything. And I would be writing these words down. And then my, my brain would go somewhere like, oh, now I have a to-do list. So on the bottom right-hand corner of every page, I just wrote my to-do list. Mm-hmm. And then I would come back and I'd be like, oh, I really love the way that Noah smiles at me in the morning and how he gives me a hug. And then you're not. So here's the thing with this work is you're not supposed to go back and read these pages, but I like to cheat and bend the rules a little bit. I went back to find patterns in my, in my thoughts, my thought patterns. And I would circle the things that were positive and I would circle the things that kept showing up and circle things that are negative. And I'm like, wow, I really think about myself this way. I don't really think other people do. I think other people have a different opinion of me. And I'm really hard on myself. And also, I've got to stop caring what other people think about me. And that's when kind of like the lotus leaf started to unfold. I'm like, cool. So I did that activity, started reading other books, doing other things. The big thing was setting those boundaries. Saying no to things, yes to things. And just with conviction, following the things that I felt were good, following my intuition and boundaries with my kids, with my husband, with everybody. And I'll say no, but I don't mean no in like such a terrible na- way. Like, I hate you. It's just like, no, I just don't want to do that. Or it's not a good time. And I still do that today. And that that feels good. So then going into Tony Robbins, I was primed and ready to go to do the work because I'm like, I'm on a mission here. I know why I'm here. That was not the first time I did date with destiny. The first time. I walked into that room. I'm like, who are these crazy people giving high fives and hugs to strangers for 16 hours a day? Why did I sign up for this? Mm-hmm. And I did that for like six days. And when I left there, I was like, thank God I'm out of here. But this time was transformational. But I say personal development isn't a weekend course. It's a lifelong journey. So even when you get to the point where you're like starting to feel happy again and in flow and life seems good, it's like, don't stop the work. The work has to keep, it's, it's just, Every day, there's stuff you have to do to develop. And it's like you've, you've conquered one mountain. There's another one coming up. You got to be ready for that, right? It's not like life doesn't get easier. You get better at dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And so when I started to understand all of this, everything became, how do I say this, more beautiful, 
in a sense, like everything was a gift. Yeah, that that ex- what you just summed up right there was exactly the best way I can describe it as well. And, you know, whether or not it was Tony Robbins, you know, it was a big part of my own personal growth and transformation journey. But there was also my, my faith is a big crux that, that you know, this anchor that holds everything together. And so as I was going through my my transformational journey, it was to, you know, really uncover and discover because I felt like so lost within that I didn't even know who I was. And so anyway, I just came across his work, which has been obviously impactful with the millions and millions of people that he's changed their lives worldwide. So I was like, well, there's got to be something into it. And I remember actually at date with Destiny was one of the biggest ones because I kind of was primed earlier as well doing a few of her, his other programs. But obviously this isn't a Tony pitch promo or any of that <laughs> stuff, kind of a podcast. We're just sharing similar and relatable stories as well. But I remember somebody was like, well, so how do you know if you've changed, you know, if you've recognized this transformation within or like, you know, something's different about you. So these were the questions that I was getting back, you know, from those that actually knew me as well. I said, the best way to describe it is that life just became vibrant and beautiful. Life, we used to be so dim and gloom and dark and dreary, but it's like I got a whole new lens put on. It's like I went to the optometrist and they gave me these beautiful glasses where I could finally see and I didn't have to squint and they weren't, you know, halos and all the things that would kind of just blur our perception of reality. And that's really the gift, like you said, it's a gift you get to give yourself because you know what it's like to be on the opposite side. You know what it's like to feel the complete opposite of what you can feel and become the person you aspired to be. And so it's just this newness. And this newness became like this quote unquote, like addiction, this high. Because I was like, I was starving. I was hungry. I was craving. I wanted more. And that's yeah. the journey of personal growth and development, because for every challenge, you know, like, oh, I just did that again. So that's kind of the confidence and esteem is if I overcame this, bring out the next one. OK, I'm ready for battle. I'm ready for war. Yeah. Right. And so you you armor up in this quote, you know, suit of confidence, which is, you know, ideally who this confident woman is that's within you. It's like, you know, you know, there's something more for you. So you suit up and you go at it and you're going to get knocked down. There's battles you're going to when there's battles you're going to lose, but the esteem and the resiliency of being confident to come back at it again, that's mm-hmm. the constant evolution. And that's why I say con- consistency compounded over time yields results. So what is it that you're actually after? And that was something I had to really take a look at. And I said, I don't even know what it is that I want, let alone who I have to become to achieve that thing. So there was a big disconnect between what I wanted and who I was actually believing that I was capable of. And so I love I love that you share all this because it's such an important note to, you know, when we look at like business and success and just life and motherhood and livelihood and all the things that we are at the at the root of it, we are human beings like we are just people that we sometimes need to give ourselves that permission to shape and shift and be these different versions. And our works will trans be a trans transpiration of what we do. Right. So it's going to transpire into our work, into our communities, into our, our homes. But what is it that you actually love and achieve and want to achieve? So what you, you, you know, taking that time to really reflect and you said some of the things that lit you up, you know, CrossFit, playing drums, getting into those interests, getting into those little passions that the nuances and the intricacies of who you are. 
And I don't yeah, think so that we spend that time to really get to know ourselves. The drum thing is interesting. And that, how that came up, it started in 2018, where so people are like, how do you have this radical reinvention? It's really start doing something you've never done before. Because there's got to be a point in your life where you just can't keep doing the same thing because you're going to get the same results. And guess what? That's the epitome of being crazy. So I'm like, I got to just break this cycle, break a pattern. Let's just start something new that has nothing to do with my kids or my husband, but me. And that was it. But the one thing I wanted to say, too, in going back to what you just said, is how all of this that we're talking about is achievable for anybody. It doesn't have to cost a lot. Like, you don't have to go to Tony Robbins to get this transformation. But here's here's the big thing. And this comes from my nutritionist because she's she's helped me understand this from a, a physical standpoint. But I see this from also a mental standpoint is that an emotional standpoint is like you don't know how good you feel until you feel good. So think about going on a diet, whatever it is, detoxing, where you're like no sugar, no caffeine, no crap food and lots of water. Like you, you're really dialed in nutrition and you feel good. It's like, I didn't know I could feel that good because I didn't allow myself to feel that good. But once you do, you don't want to give that up. So like emotionally, it's the same thing. And mentally, it's the same thing. Once you start feeling good, you got to maintain that. And the other thing too is breaking your patterns. It's your environment that you're in. If you're in an environment that is serving bad habits, change your environment. And if there's people in your environment that are not going to help serve your goals and what you want to achieve, then they need to either be cut out or you need to have a talk with them. And so whenever my husband and I are like going through a thing, so he has this project now, it's called Project Visible Abs. He's got 90 days to achieve this certain physique. And this is all being documented. He's creating a documentary and all this. But he told me months in advance and now I'm supporting him. He's like, here are the rules and the conditions for me to achieve this. Can you support me? No dinners out. No this, no that. And he's gone to the point now where we can have junk food in the house and he just won't eat it. But before that wasn't the case. I'd have to hide my chocolate bars in my office. <laughs> but it's all about like, that's, that's what he wants to achieve. It's the support. So like for the environment, for him to be successful in this, these things have to be true. And it's the same for me. Like I need to have my own office. I need to be away from my kids. We thought traveling with the kids and running our businesses, that would work. Turns out, no. Mommy brain comes into effect all the time, way too often for me to actually be productive at work if my child's in the room. And so for you to achieve this reinvention, the biggest things come down to breaking these patterns. You have to change even one thing, one little thing. Here's the thing. If you're going on a thousand mile journey and you're starting at point A to get to point Z and you know the map to get there, that's where I'm going. That's the direction. If you change that course of action or your direction by 1% at the beginning, you're so far off your destination. So that the example is really start with one little thing. And you have to keep up with it. Consistency is your currency. So if it means I'm just drinking an extra liter of water a day and that's what you're starting with, that's amazing. Keep doing that every single day. Figure out. For me, it's a water bottle. I have to bring this with me in every room and every car ride, everywhere I go. That's my goal is to drink that in a day. And now that's just habit. Now I feel naked if I don't have my water bottle with me. <laughs> For car rides, even school pickup, even dog, I walk my dog and put it on the steps. I remind myself to drink water. So it's these little, I don't want to necessarily call them habits or habit stackings, but these are like little gifts to help you reinvent yourself. Mm -hmm. And we stay stuck in these patterns because it's what we know, it's comfortable, it's safe there, but no change ever happens. 
and we're worried about what our mom's going to say, our sister's going to say, what our best friends are going to say. It's like, screw those people. If they're keeping you stuck in these patterns, they're not your people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to throw my parents under the bus, but alcoholism was a big thing in my family. And we just have this habit with them and they still do this today. And they're like 78 years old and they're still healthy, but they have a drink every night after dinner. And I just thought this was normal. So I did it too. Until my husband, who's sober, pointed it out. I was like, oh my gosh, that's right. I do this thing. And so it wasn't even up to like, as of late, when I decided to call them and tell them, hey, I don't drink. Like, what do you mean? Like, I just don't drink. So you can come visit. I'll go visit you. I'm not drinking. And that was tough because now it's like, they're going to take offense to the fact that I told them I'm not drinking. So like, I'm thinking, what are they thinking? Like, am I insulting them that they do this? They probably think that for sure they would think that. But it's not their, it's not their life to live. It's mine. And so if we stop ourselves from doing the things that we know are good for us because we're worried about what other people think, you're not living your life. You're living your life on other people's terms. Mm-hmm. And you can't reinvent yourself there. Yeah, exactly. And I always say, you know, whose life are you living, yours or theirs? Yeah. And that was, that was a, you know, that, I think that for me, that was a, a, a crossroad for me because just like what you were saying, you know, as you start changing, others that are closest to you start noticing and they become a little bit either really supportive or, or resentful because your mm-hmm. change means they have to change because they're accepting this new version or they're not. The little things that you want to do, it's, you know, might have been what brought you guys together. And it's like, so, you know, with, with change comes change. And, and so that's inevitable. But and I think that, you know, getting clear on knowing yourself can recognize that. And you put those boundaries that you had talked about boundaries and, you know, making yourself that priority because you you have to live with yourself. And if you're not happy and if you're not satisfied with the way your expectations are or the reality or whatever the thing is that you're telling yourself. Well, that's up to you. You have to make that change. You have to do something about it. And yes, it does sometimes come with a price. You know, those closest to you might fall off, but you're not, you know what? That's just kind of letting the dust settle because those who are really closest to you are going to be your biggest advocates and supporters later on. They're your cheerleaders. Yes. And they, and so here's the thing about having cheerleaders is cheerleaders don't have to grow with you. No, they don't. And but your your biggest advocates are the ones that are just always on the sidelines being, yes, Rachel, go Renee. And those are the people you want because you're inspiring them. And then there's some people, and I've had this too in my life. Listen, we moved from a small town on the East Coast. And my two biggest worries in making the, the move across the country was what are my parents going to think? And what are my friends here going to think? I thought for my friends, they'd be insulted. Like, I don't want them to feel that this town and they aren't good enough for me because everything about the town and everything about them in that period of my life was exactly what I needed. And to this day, those friends are still exactly what I need. But the city wasn't what we wanted anymore. And so I was so worried about insulting them that I actually stopped myself for a good four years from moving to a city that I wanted to move to. Wow. And then once I made the move, guess what every single one of them said? We are surprised you stayed here for so long. We thought you would have moved a long time ago. Every single one of them. And I go, oh, my God. They knew I was going. Who are we living our life for? Yeah. And like, here's the thing. We end up inspiring more people than we think. Most people won't say anything. 
you'll get the odd, like I get the odd DM here and there, even from those people from the East Coast whom I thought I insulted. Hey, Renee, I can really see you shining and it is so inspiring. Wow. So if we just shine our light, we give light to other people who are also finding their way. And as my husband says, be the lighthouse, don't be a tugboat. Don't force people to come along with you, but just light the way for them. And that's it. That's all you got to do. And so like, what are your dreams? What do you want to do? Do that thing. And people will follow. And then your cheerleaders will be there. And they're the fun. They're the funnest people, the cheerleaders. They're just always there. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Seriously, this is. Yeah, these are the conversations that I absolutely love because I think, you know, at the end of it, it's sometimes as we're on our own unique journeys of personal growth and development, we, we wonder, you know, sometimes if those that are closest to us get it, if, if the work that we're doing is, is actually being recognized. And it's not from a place of like vanity per se, but, you know, sometimes you want to pick it up and, and, you know, pick your head up from this grind and just be noticed for the work that you are just doing the best you can. You're trying, you're giving it all. And sometimes, you know, having that clap back or like, we see you keep going. That's yeah. all you need is just sometimes that encouragement to keep on going because mm-hmm. it's hard, right? I mean, the personal growth journey, yeah, that's something we, we, I think I'm speaking for myself here, but I've learned to really embrace challenges now and change because to me, it's a, it's a sign of growth, but also I like the, I like the drive on there. I like the challenge. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that to me is exciting and rewarding. So I'm a I'm a former fitness competitor, and it's funny because I'm actually not a competitive person. Mm-hmm. I love challenges for myself, and so that's those obstacles that when somebody says you can't or good luck or that's really hard, I'm like, oh, okay. So that's how you see it. Now I'm going to go do something different about it, and it's just <laughs> something that's how I compete with myself. You know, everybody's unique and different, but I love that you you talk about that and and the. The note, you know, with your husband, be the light, not the tugboat. So true, because as we are going through this journey, sometimes we just want to share this gift. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's beautiful. It's it's amazing. It's wonderful. And you want to bring people to this to this new, like, promised land that you've gifted yourself. But then there's like, yeah, no, no, good. that's for you or that's for the other people. And that would be the tugboating because it's like you can't bring them there. But what if you can help guide by leading by example? You just mm-hmm. keep doing the work. You keep showing up. You keep living this higher elevated version of yourself that it essentially on this ascension up your own mountain on this climb, people will then see you because you're putting yourself out there. You're doing the things that they sit back and wish they could do. But the only difference between you and the next person is that you took action. Yeah. So you be the chose. trailblazer. Exactly. You chose. And that's it. That's a power. You know, that's that's a superpower we get to gift ourselves as well. Yeah. Be the trailblazer. I think yeah. about that. Like you go through a jungle and there's all this thick brush and you have to like machete your way through it. Maybe you're the person that needs to create that first path for other people to follow. Mm-hmm. And listen, those people that are following most of the time aren't going to be people you even know. And I think that's the beauty in this too. Right. And I don't know what the meaning of life is and we're not going to go this deep, but I genuinely believe it comes down to something about be love, show love. Exactly. That's what life is, is love. Yeah. Right. So show up to every conversation, every meeting, every moment in your life, even when you're putting on makeup and you're looking at yourself in the mirror, just be love. There's one thing a dog can teach you is unconditional love. I believe dogs are little versions of God all over the world because <laughs> they're just so unconditional. 
But, and I know it's easier said than done, but I think that, and especially now we just need more of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we need more women in positions of power, by the way. So ladies, listeners, if you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or asking for that raise or a career move or doing the thing that really, really lights you up, now's the time to do it. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree on that because it's like life is too short to live in, in you know, a place of discontent and, and you know, comfortable you know, because then you're just going to expect that over time. So sometimes it's just, you know, giving yourself permission to voice what you want, acknowledge what you are worthy of. And, you know, sometimes that's just the the personal journey itself is to uncover and heal and, you know, reinvent this version of yourself. So it all comes with some sort of a price. But let me just tell you, the reward is so worth it, because when you can set yourself free by being exactly who you are and, and all the things that you want to do, that outweighs everything else. And, you know, to your point about what is the meaning of life? Yes, we can go very deep, but not on this <laughs> podcast here. But the way I see it is that the the gift of life is that when you discover those gifts, it's to give it away. So everything that you bring into your life, all that love, joy, happiness, kindness, peace, uh, everything that's incredible, all the wonders, right? Once you can have this abundance because you keep keeping that at a high vibe, more or less, you keep doing the work, you're self-sustaining. And the more you create of it, the more you give it away. And that becomes now these little little stones that light up on the path for those behind you. And that's a beautiful gift. Always give, give, give. I want to one-up you on that. Oh, is that I don't even think it is, I mean, I don't even think it's about giving it away. I understand what you're saying is that all our thoughts, all everything we own isn't ours. Exactly. It's not ours. Because when we pass, someone else is going to live in our house. Someone else is going to wear these clothes. The land is going to become something else in hundreds of years. Nothing's ours. So yes, I understand the meaning of giving, but it's really, it's it's passing through you. Because it's it's your, in your possession for a period of time. But really, it's just all this stuff is passing through you. So if it can be a better version of that thing on the other end when it's for somebody else, then you've done your job. Mm, I like that perspective as well. Yeah, and I, I think you you probably articulated it better than I. But to that point, it's almost like we just become a conduit. Yeah, what, what so comes, we're vessels. What comes, we are yep. vessels. That's it all it is. Actually, the, the first us. piece of art that we have commissioned for this house, the name of it is Vessels. Oh. So we've got two vessels and it's like beautiful. There's like U-shaped art. It's because you can fill it with what you think is important to you, mm-hmm. right? And it's a vessel that's going to go through the water or whatever it is through mm-hmm. a life. But yeah, I wanted to leave you with that is that it's, it is, I understand the idea of giving. Giving is very important, but really stuff is passing through you. So don't be the person that blocks it. Right. Yes. Oh, goodness. Oh, this is, this is incredible. So Renee, I just want to thank you for this time and just you sharing your story and your wisdom and your insights. This is a, uh, Truly a wonderful conversation. Um, and I'd love for our listeners to learn more about you. How can they uh, follow along and just contact with you and see all the awesome stuff that you guys are up to? Yes. Well, they can find me on Instagram. It's Renee underscore Warren. So R-E-N-E-E underscore W-A-R-R-E-N. Or they can go to wewildwomen.com where I share all things PR and promotion and growing your authority and credibility as an entrepreneur. Awesome. So of course, all that will be in the show notes below. So be sure to follow Renee and 
follow along with all of what we're doing because this is this is truly what we do with the podcast. You know, it's about empowering our women to believe and and step into what they're called and created to be as well. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey there. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. 